Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. BetMGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 Moneyline wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This season, get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Let's go! See every snap from every game with full game replays. What a throw, what a catch. Listen to all the action as it happens with live game audio. Watch the dog, G. Leaping grab Devontae Adams. Plus watch your team on your time with condensed game replays. Wow. Get football on your terms with NFL Game Pass. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. Angelina Jolie opened up about her relationship with Brad Pitt. Lil Nas X is once again making waves while promoting his upcoming album, Montero. And BuzzFeed Parents editor Mike Spohr joins us to talk about what it's like sending kids back to school while COVID-19 still rages on. It's September 7th, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Shyla Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So in absolutely devastating news, actor Michael K. Williams of The Wire and Lovecraft Country passed away yesterday. Um, The news just really floored everyone. I mean, he was 54 years old, so way too soon. Everyone is just I think I I saw a lot of tweets about just like uh, this past year and a half has been so much mourning, you know, so when you have this on top of it and it's and it's so interesting. um, This was like a tweet that I'd seen a lot, but director and writer Matthew A. Cherry, he wrote, quote, one of the things that's so striking with Michael K. Williams passing is how everybody has pictures and footage with him from all walks of life, famous, not famous, young, old, etc. Rare that someone has that sort of impact with everyone they encounter. And I think that's what I saw. My whole timeline was just filled with actors and just fans and photos with him. And he seemed to just like be a genuinely wonderful and impactful actor and man. Yeah, you know, I actually never saw any of his works. Um, I know he was also in like Boardwalk Empire, and I just like never watched those shows. But 
I did obviously see all of this on my Twitter and, you know, tributes on Instagram. And even though I didn't know him as an actor, I was still reading everything that people Mm. had to say about him. And it was also touching and everyone is just so shocked. I mean, I still don't, I don't think that they've said what happened um, just yet. And I think it was just, it came out of nowhere. And I feel like that always hurts more. I mean, you can never really prepare, but being blindsided like that, you know, uh, I saw Leslie Jones uh, shared something and she was saying on Instagram how, she met him and they worked together on Ghostbusters and how the next time she saw him, she was going to tell him what a great actor he uh, was. And she didn't get a chance to do that. And, you know, I think it's just a constant reminder to always let people know how you feel about them while they're here because life is short. All right. Well, moving on. Angelina Jolie recently revealed some details about her relationship with and subsequent divorce from Brad Pitt. She told The Guardian that despite knowing she'd received unwanted advances from Harvey Weinstein in a hotel room when she was younger, Brad opted to work with Weinstein twice over the course of their relationship. Angelina said, quote, I never associated or worked with him again. It was hard for me when Brad did. We fought about it. Of course it hurt. Then she also addressed her allegations of abuse against Brad, saying she feared for her children during the marriage. She said, quote, I'm not the kind of person who makes decisions like the decisions I had to make lightly. It took a lot for me to be in a position where I felt I had to separate from the father of my children. You know, it's interesting to me because I feel like Brad Jelena was such a couple, you know, like capital couple. But at the same time, they were very private with their family and now that she's opening up, I mean, I never knew any of these things about... Th- you know, I think that's one of the most shocking things, too, is that for someone who talks about, like, pop culture all the time, I'm, like, only semi-invested in couples and stuff like mm. that because I'm letting them do their own thing, etc. And I guess my mind just kind of is, like, blown that I kind of thought that they had had a great relationship and just had divorced like people do. And just these things are awful. And it just, it's upsetting to me. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm sure it wasn't easy for her to open up about any of these things. You know, I was reading some of the interviews myself and she even said like she didn't want to go into certain things even more. I'm sure it's very painful for her to have all of that rehashed, um, but definitely looking at Brad in a new light. Mm-hmm. In other news, Lil Nas X continues to troll his haters in spectacular fashion. After posting a, quote, pregnancy announcement complete with a faux baby bump on social media, Lil Nas X got a fair amount of backlash. Comedian Donnell Rawlings wrote in a now-deleted tweet, I'm with freedom of whatever, but at this point Lil Nas is fucking with the minds of kids. What are your thoughts? How do I explain this shit to my son? Lil Nas X has been doubling down by retweeting various messages of support, posting plans for a baby shower, and even set up a, quote, baby registry filled with over a dozen charities for people to donate to. He also made it very clear that all the criticism only fuels him, tweeting, quote, nothing makes me happier than making people that hate me hate me more. It's my reason to breathe, my reason to exist, my first gift I open on Christmas, my hug from a loved one, my cold soda on a hot summer day, everything I've ever wanted and everything I'll ever need. Yeah, I mean, Charlotte, we've talked about this before, but uh, he's the fucking best. But can can I talk about how absolutely ridiculous that now deleted tweet was was like how do I explain this shit to my son I'm I'm sorry that gender makes you uncomfortable like that's that is what that is right now he's uncomfortable seeing a man quote unquote pregnant right exactly uh and I'm just like you like it's so much more difficult to explain like math um, <laughs> like <laughs> like this is it's it's funny 
funny and it's creative and it shouldn't be complicated. Like, what's there to explain? He's promoting an album. Like, it's been very clear from the beginning. Uh, it's it's this backlash is frustrating. But again, I really appreciate how Lil Nas handles it. I feel like this year we've seen so many celebrities talk about how hard it is to be trolled and like they become emotional and like it's hard being in the public eye. And I mean, I know that Lil Nas has opened up in the past about some of the things that he's really struggled with, but on the day to day, he faces these people head on and gives them a taste of their own medicine. And I think that's really refreshing. It is. I love that he says that he wants like the people who hate him to hate him more. I'm like, yes, let it fuel you. (laughs) Yes. Make another album. (laughs) All right. So moving on, Labor Day weekend has come and gone, which unfortunately means summer is over. And I'll be honest, I don't think this was the summer any of us wanted or thought we deserved. And, you know, I think we all thought and hoped we'd be in a better place by now with the pandemic. And I know that the people that are really feeling that pain right now, maybe more than anyone else, are parents, teachers, and of course, students. Oh, most definitely. After making it through a full year of hybrid or fully remote learning in the spring, anxious parents are facing a whole new host of challenges this school year. In addition to navigating mass mandates and dealing with the intermittent closures as cases pop up, they're also sending their kids into schools that have become political war zones. Now, Shyla and I are not parents, even though I did babysit my friend's baby for five whole hours this weekend. Cute. So, so we brought in someone who's living this firsthand right now during the pandemic to Today, we're joined by BuzzFeed Parents Editor, Mike Spore. Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So, you know, I want to start by asking this. Normally, parents overall seem to look forward to the start of the school year. You know, it seems to give them a break from the need to entertain their kids 24-7. For your family, what was the mood in your household as the beginning of this school year started? Well, it was probably different than the typical year. There was definitely excitement about going back to school. You know, the kids were excited to go back and see their friends, and they had their new backpacks and new clothes and all that stuff. So there's a lot of that good feeling. Um, But, you know, there's also a lot of, like, worry because, frankly, we were sending our kids back to school when there's, you know, this pandemic going on and there's no vaccines for uh, kids 12 and under at this point. Both of my kids are under that age, you know, so that was really worrisome and there wasn't really much you can do, especially when the classrooms this year were full. Last year at my kid's school, they basically split the day into two halves. So in the first half of the day, half the kids came and in the second half of the day, half the kids came as well. So each one was only like, you know, a a half class. But now at this point, everyone's there. It's the whole class. And so there's more kids in the room. So you mentioned that both your kids are under 12. So what grade is that? It's been a long time. for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. So my daughter, she actually just started junior high this year, mm. which was an interesting year to start that. She's a sixth grader. And then my son is uh, in uh, third grade and he's eight. So are they going back? I know you mentioned that, you know, the classrooms are completely full. Is it just full everyone back in person? Like, is there any kind of remote learning? Is there a hybrid at all? Or is it just back to normal, essentially? Well, that's really the great point you make there because it is essentially back to normal. You know, there really isn't, at least in our school districts, any kind of a remote learning like there was last year. You know, last year, if you kept your kids home, they would have the remote learning on the computer. But right now, they don't have that. And uh, everyone has to go back if they want to have the normal education. And, you know, one of the big problems with that is there's constantly these COVID exposures happening at the schools. Every single day, I get an email from the school saying, someone at your child's school has tested positive 
positive for COVID. If your child was near this person, you would have been called earlier in the day. Um, so they tell you that, but um, there's exposures happening every day. And every kid that was near that person then has to take a 10 day quarantine period away from the school. And, uh, you know, my kids actually were exposed. They weren't uh, exposed at school, it was a, at a sporting thing they went to. But anyway, they had to then take the 10 days away from their school. So they'll be back on Thursday. But, you know, missing six school days when they don't really have anything set up at this point. It took a few days for them to send home a couple like little worksheets. But, you know, there are tens, if not dozens of kids every day who are being quarantined like this and they don't have anything in place for the kids to really learn. So that's a little worrisome. There's a lot of kids who are missing a lot of school right now. Right, right. You know, as an outsider, last year looked like it was extremely hard for parents. Most kids were doing remote learning and parents suddenly had to become teachers while holding down full-time jobs. But you know, like you're saying, that this year doesn't seem like it's any easier. Now all of a sudden it's like, okay, they're back in school, so you think you can adjust in that way. But JK, there's an outbreak and now they're home for 10 days. I mean, is it is it hard to give up control and trust the government or the school system to keep them safe? Yeah, I mean, it's hard because you do send them off into this environment that you're hoping they're going to be safe in. You know, truthfully, I have uh, a decent amount of uh, faith in the school system and how they're running this. You know, they do have, you know, know, the kids are all wearing masks. They're doing their best to keep the classrooms clean. But, you know, one of the things you can't control, which is upsetting, is the other parents. And there are, of course, a lot of parents who still don't view this as a real, you know, concern. Maybe they have these beliefs that, you know, oh, kids will be fine, you know. So they haven't taught their kids how to, you know, uh, have hygiene and things like that at school that would help kids other be, uh, be safe. Maybe they're not as, as, you know, stringent with the masks, you know. There was even a case at a high school out here where um, this high school kid was on the football team, and, and I think his parents knew uh, that he had it, I believe. Uh, but anyway, the kid went to school and um, ended up playing with the, the football team and led to this mass outbreak. They had to cancel the football games, but it's the kind of thing where if those parents were aware, you know, you can't send that kid to school. I don't care if they have a football game they want to play, you know? And so that kind of thing puts everyone at risk, you know? So yeah, that's a big worry. You know, we are seeing like a, sometimes like viral videos of things happening at school board meetings where adults, probably many of them without actual children, go on these political rants about masking and freedom. As a parent, how do you react to that right now? Well, thankfully, we don't have, uh, well, maybe we, we actually, I, I, should, I shouldn't speak. We, we may have those kinds of people. But yeah, they're always like, you're Satan. You're the, the devil incarnate. And these masks are the instrument of the devil. You know, they're always saying all these totally outlandish things, which worries you because those are your peers as parents, you know, and they're, you know, and they have every bit as much control over, you know, how the school is safe for the kids because they're sending their own kids there. You know, I don't know how you combat that. You really can't. So you can really only handle your kids and your situation, but you're really at the behest of these parents who uh, are have very different viewpoints, I suppose you could say. You know, just in like as a personal thing too, it's, you know, my dad is an elementary school PE coach and, you know, he's in his sixties, he's vaccinated, but all these kids under 12 are not. And it's the same thing. These outbreaks are happening and you're worried you can do everything right. But if other people aren't doing right things as well, then what's the point? So I could definitely, from all angles, this is a tough situation. 
And, you know, the teachers have been, like your father, have been just amazing through all this. I mean, they've gone through so much, and they've had so much stress and pressure on them. And the job's been a lot harder because they're expected to do all these different things now to keep the kids safe. And so, yeah, it's, you know, scary for them. And I think, you know, one of the things, too, that's kind of scary with the kids is they don't always show the symptoms the way adults do. So, you know, they may have it and not know. And um, so, you know, they can be little carriers, which can be dangerous for, you know, adults. Even if you've been vaccinated, there are breakthrough cases. So it's definitely a scary situation. And that actually makes me think of something. So I know you mentioned that there have been cases reported and then kids have to go and quarantine. But are they doing regular testing at schools? Like, how are these people finding out that they have COVID? If it is it just like, oh, I'm exhibiting symptoms, so I'm going to go get tested like you would if you were an adult? Or does like the school have something in place for regular testing since kids can't be vaccinated yet? I know there are some schools that do like weekly testing for the students, but you know, I think that the public schools, uh, certainly around here, I don't believe they're doing that. It really is a situation where, you know, someone has symptoms and they go get tested. And then once they are able to, you know, determine that they do contact tracing where they figure out where that kid was and who they were near, but it's not weekly testing. So you're totally right. If we have kids who aren't exhibiting symptoms, like a lot of kids who have COVID don't exhibit symptoms, they're just running around, hanging out with everybody and and passing it around. And uh, no one really even is aware unless there are symptoms. And that actually, you know, I'm wondering, we talked a lot about like, you know, the responsibility of parents and like the school. And you said that teachers have been really great. But what about the kids themselves? I mean, we have to trust that kids are in school doing like wearing a mask or, you know, washing their hands and you can't be with them 24 seven to make sure that they're doing this like you would when they were living at home. So, I mean, just knowing like your own kids, like, do you think we can I guess, put the trust of our kids' health in their little hands, you know, like especially the younger you get, or are we really leaning on other teachers to like hold them accountable and make sure they're being safe? Yeah, I think we have to put it in on, you know, in the hands of the kids and you have to, you know, hope and expect that they actually take care of this because, you know, if they don't, it's going to be a problem. Um, And I think it kind of goes back a little bit to what we were saying about if you have an environment in your home where you're realistic with the kids about the real threats and, you know, that this is a situation we need to take care of and you've taught them how to take care of themselves and others, then it's going to be okay. But if there are kids who really haven't had that kind of experience and maybe who are also kind of led to believe that this is all blown out of proportion, then they're probably not going to be as um, uh, as good with everything as you'd hope. All right. Well, we'll be right back and we'll be talking about back to school anxiety with BuzzFeed Parents editor Mike Spohr. At SheFit, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Open to all teams and players, the NFL's Inspire Change Initiative acknowledges the ways that systemic racism contributes to barriers to opportunity and equality and focuses on ongoing efforts on creating progress in the areas of education, economic advancement, community and police relations, and criminal justice reform. To learn more about the NFL's commitment to ensuring a more equal and just future, text NFLIC to 635-635. It takes all of us to advance social justice. 
I'm John Gonzalez, the host of Sports Illustrated Weekly. Sports Illustrated has delivered the best storytelling in sports for 70 years. First in the pages of the magazine, then on SI.com, and now that tradition continues on a new podcast. Each week, we'll dive deep into the best stories from around the sports world. We'll ask the questions that we're all wondering and push for the answers we all want. Everything from investigating the Super Bowl's impact on L.A. to examining why booing is as big a part of the fan experience as cheering. Sports Illustrated Weekly is here to bring you the entertaining tales you can't get anywhere else. The kinds of stories that make you smile and laugh, clap and cry, marvel, think, and fall in love with sports all over again. Sports Illustrated Weekly is available every Wednesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now. Welcome back. We're talking with BuzzFeed Parents Editor Mike Spore. So what do the conversations you're having with other parents sound like right now, or even with your wife? Well, you know, it's, it's you know, we're... In one hand, you're happy to have them back in school because they are getting, you know, that education again. And it's been a compromised education for a while. But a lot of the conversations we're having is about this kind of, you know, worry that you have. Because every day you're sending your kids off to this situation where you don't really know, you know, how safe they are. And, you know, you never want that, you know, to send your kids somewhere like that. So it's stressful. And like I told you, you know, we get those emails saying every day about um, someone's been exposed. And, you know, that is definitely kind of like a trigger uh, thing as far as worry, where, you know, you get this email, there's been an exposure to your kid's school. It's very, uh, it's a lot, you know, so um, I think we're we're trying to stay uh, as calm as possible. But I think that's a big talk of it all is just, you know, worry because it's largely out of our hands. You know, so I feel like last year when the pandemic was first starting, probably the biggest like logistical difficulties for parents would be like, oh, you're, you're home, your kids are home. If you have a job, you have to figure that out. You need to make sure they have a computer and good internet access. You're with them 24-7. Those were all the new problems you faced. I'm wondering, aside from the worry you feel sending them, what are the biggest difficulties right now that parents are facing with kids going back to school? Well, I think, you know, a big difficulty is, I, I think, this whole thing about uh, quarantining. You know, I, you uh, if your kid's exposed, and like I said, it's happening a lot, then you're going to be out for a while, and there's no real setup for that. And then, you know, also just decide you know what you feel is appropriate for your kids you know do you want them to go out for a sports team you know a volleyball team or do you want them to sing in choir where all the kids are singing in that room mm. um, you know these are choices you have to make the kids may want to do one thing or the other and you have to decide you know what you're comfortable with which in a normal year you wouldn't so just to wrap this up like if you were in charge of you know everything what would you have wanted this year to look like for your kids like what would you have made like the plan to make you feel the most safe? Would it be fully in person, remote? Like, what would that look like? Well, it's, you know, I, I do think there's a lot of value in having them back there full time. Um, and, you know, their education, I mean, it's been, you know, a long time now where they've had kind of, like I said, a very, you know, compromised education where like last year they were going half the day and doing stuff at home. So I do like them being there and, I, and seeing their friends and all. I think, you know, one thing that would be great would be, with the high schools, if they really could get the more kids vaccinated, you know, in high schools, you know, at the grade schools, you've got sometimes 20, 22 kids in a class. That's small, but you get to the high school level, you've got 35, 40 kids crammed with those classrooms. And that's when the, the symptoms start to show up a lot more. That's when infection can be a lot more deadly because the kids are getting a little older. Um, so, 
that's scarier. And I think if there was a way to have, you know, a lot more vaccinated kids, because if you're over 12, you can get vaccinated. I think that would have really helped there. As far as the kids under 12, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we get to a point where they do uh, feel like they have a safe vaccine for kids that kids can take. And uh, then they will be able to have a safer situation because you're not just worried about the kids. You know, like I said, you're worried about your kid coming home, not showing any symptoms and then going up to grandma or grandpa and maybe giving them, you know, the, the, the virus. So I think vaccines is a big part of it. And then um, just continue really stringent, uh, you know, health uh, and cleaning and whatnot. Mm. Well, Mike, seriously, thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, be like Lil Nas and let the hate fuel you. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. 
Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast.